I strongly believe that homesteading can be a great way of life to teach life lessons to our kids, but it shouldn't be the only life lessons they are taught. If you try to force that, you'll most likely end up teaching them lessons in resentment. And if you're not careful, not only will they resent the lifestyle, they'll resent you. And homesteading isn't worth it. This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is episode number 120 of the Homestead Journey Podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone. My name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. It is a bit snowy outside, but we're nice and warm inside. And so let's jump on over to this week's Homestead Happenings. I'll bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on our homestead. This week was not as busy of a week homesteading related as last week was. Uh, But we still did get a few things done here on the homestead that I am excited to share with you about, and then a few life events that aren't necessarily homesteading related, but are ones that I also wanted to share with you. So first of all, I believe on last week's episode, I shared with you that I had gone ahead and pruned our current bushes and our grapevines, and I was planning on trying to get those cuttings to root. And that way I would have some plants that I could either sell or share or barter. And so I have started step one of that process. And that is that I gathered up some of those cuttings and I have them just sitting in a bucket of water in my basement to see if they will root that way. Now, the conditions outside this week have not been conducive to me trying to get them rooted in any kind of soil. I do have some rooting hormone that I'm going to try to use and then just stick them in some soil. But we have had kind of some snow off and on this week. Uh, At one point this week, we had, I don't know, three or four inches, and then the next day it was totally gone. And right now, as I mentioned in the intro, we're having a bit of a snowstorm going on outdoors. And I think we have, I don't know, five or six inches on the ground. But this coming week, it is supposed to warm up into the 50s and 60s. and so. That snow's not going to be around all that long. And then once the ground warms up a little bit, I will go ahead and try rooting those cuttings in some soil. I actually think I'm going to stick them in one of our compost piles and just see if it works there. Uh, It's all an experiment, but uh, I did start the cuttings in water to try to get them to root this week. Today, I also spent uh, some time that I hadn't planned on uh, doing more tax stuff. So uh, I I don't remember what episode it was. I should go back and look because I really should listen to it again. I did an episode on the importance of keeping good records on the homestead. And unfortunately, last year, I did not follow my own advice. Um, I did not keep up to date with the receipts from the homestead from a tax perspective. And I thought I had got them all in the 
spreadsheet that I use for my tax guy. And then today, Bonnie discovered an entirely new bag of receipts that I had totally missed. And what happened is when we ended up moving into the office last year because of the mold problem in the bedroom, the sack of receipts that I had up to that point kind of got shoved into an area that I, well, I didn't think to look. So she discovered those today. And so those all got put into my spreadsheet. And now I think I'm ready to pay the piper. Well, hopefully I'll get money back. I don't want to say I hope I get money back because I always hate that. I always feel like I've given the government an interest-free loan. Um, but anyhow, we got that done and Bonnie helped me through it. Um, miserable job. And I need to do better this year in keeping track of those things. As far as homesteading meals go this week, we had one homesteading meal that didn't necessarily go according to plan. And that is that Bonnie thought that she would try to make some empanadas. Now, if you don't know what empanadas are, they're just basically a pastry filled with meat or something along those lines. And so she took some of our homegrown sausage and used that to stuff the empanadas. Well, unfortunately, she didn't get the crust as thin as we would have liked. So the empanadas themselves really weren't all that great. But today what we did is we repurposed that empanada filling and put it into some omelets. And mm, that was really, really good. So uh, we kind of, well, we made the best of a bad situation, right? (laughs) Now on to a few things that took place this week that aren't necessarily homesteading related, but are, well important moments in the life of a family and in particular the life of a teenager. This week, we had our senior meeting with my son's guidance counselor. I cannot believe that he's a junior and we had the senior meeting for him to go through and choose his classes for his senior year. Wow, folks, I have no idea how we got here, but when people tell you don't blink, you'll miss it. You don't really understand that till you're at this end of the child raising thing. It's like yesterday. I feel like I was bringing him home from the hospital. And now here we have a senior on our hands and I'm not sure I'm ready for that. (laughs) The other milestone that uh, took place this week is I took him over to be fitted for a tux for his prom. Now, the school that he goes to does a junior prom. They don't do a junior senior prom. They don't do a senior prom. Just the juniors have a prom. And so his prom is coming up here in April. And so we went over and again, another one of those rites of passage got him fitted for a tux this week. And as I stood there and I looked at him, I thought, how in the world did my little man become this fine looking young man that's getting fitted for a tux for prom bittersweet, but uh, certainly excited uh, for him to have that opportunity. And that's uh, just one of those rites of passage that, uh, that come along with, uh, with being a teenager. The last thing I wanted to share with you on this episode's homestead happenings is I am very, very excited to announce that I have launched a line of printables that I am calling just the basics. Now, what these are 
is just that. They are basic guides to certain tasks or activities on the homestead that are really meant to give you just the basic information that you need to get started, but still be successful. Now, if you've ever seen these stories guides to raising particular animals, right here in my hand, I have stories guide to raising beef cattle. They claim to be the definitive handbook to help you do X, Y, or Z. In this case, to raise beef cattle. Well, these just the basics printables that I've put together are kind of the opposite of that. They're not the definitive guide. They're just the bare bones, get you started, head you in the right direction, set you up for success. Because one of the things that I have found with a lot of homesteaders is they end up with paralysis by analysis. They jump into something and there's just so much information. It's information overload. They're not really quite sure where to start. So that's what I'm trying to help people do is just get started and to get started in a successful way. And so there are 17 or 18 topics that I plan to cover. And I talked about all of this in this week's blog post. So if you want to head on over to thehomesteadjourney.net slash blog, you can read all about my vision for this. Or if you just want to get signed up for these printables, if you head on over to thehomesteadjourney.net slash basics, that will go ahead and get you signed up for the first one, which is a printable on chicks, on getting started with chicks. And I am in the process of finishing up one on seed starting. So those are going to be the first two, chicks and seed starting. And then I'll just keep writing them and hopefully trying to release one a week or maybe two a week. But each one has a checklist. It has basic information on there. And then there's a link or a QR code, because if you print it out, obviously a link's not going to work. But if you scan that QR code, it will take you to a resources page. And on that resources page, it will give you examples of all of the items that I recommend that you buy to get started, just the basic things. Now, some of those links may be affiliate links. Some of them may not be. I'm not out price shopping. So if you can find these items somewhere else cheaper, definitely do so. This is just to give you ideas on what I recommend, what I've had success with. But then if you can find them on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, garage sales, estate sales, farm auctions, there's a lot of places where you can find this gear, buy it. If you can find it from another retailer cheaper, do that. I just want you to have an idea as far as the items needed to be successful, but just at a basic level and then set you up for success in these areas. So 17 or 18 topics that I'm going to be covering in this series. If there's topics that I've missed, let me know that. I'll be more than happy to add them to my list. Head on over to thehomesteadjourney.net slash basics to get signed up or thehomesteadjourney.net slash blog just to get more information about it. As I release them, then what I'll be doing is emailing people and letting them know that the next printable is available. And my vision behind this is that people can print them out. They can put them in a binder, print out the ones that are applicable to you, the ones that are of interest to you. And then you can make notes on them, check things off as you acquire the gear that you need for um, accomplishing whatever task it is. Then you'll be able to use that QR code to get to the resources page uh, for in-depth information. So very, very excited about that. 
I'm looking for feedback on it. If you think it's a bad idea, let me know that. If you think it's a great idea, let me know that. If there's typos, if you don't like the layout, just give me as much information and feedback as possible so that I can make this as helpful to you as possible. And folks, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but the best part of this is they're free. These are free printables. It does not cost you a dime. Okay, so head on over to the homesteadjourney.net slash basics to get signed up or the homesteadjourney.net slash blog for more information. Now, before we head on over to this week's charting the course, I did want to just remind you again of the supporting listeners program. If you are interested in supporting this show, you can sign up and become a patron for as little as $3 a month, which like I like to remind you, is less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you can support this show and gain access to the supporting listeners community over on Discord. There are also two additional tiers, a $5 a month and a $10 a month tier that each have additional perks beyond just what is offered at the bronze level tier. So head on over to the homesteadjourney.net slash support for more information and to get signed up today. All right, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. So today I am actually starting a multi-part series about raising kids on a homestead. Now, this is actually something that uh, I was asked to do by a, a listener. Um, a listener reached out to me, and it's actually been about a year ago. I think it was even longer than that. Uh, they asked me to do some talks on raising kids on a homestead. And initially, to be frank with you, I was very hesitant. What do I know about this topic? After all, I only have one child. I don't have a degree in child psychology or early childhood education. And like many parents, I think I probably can tell you more about what not to do than what you should do. In fact, I'm reminded of when we uh, called my mom and dad to let them know that Bonnie was pregnant with Brian Jay. And after we got done with the hooting and the hollering and everybody all excited about it, somehow we got onto the topic of raising kids. And I said to my mom and dad, well, we're just going to raise our child, the way that we were raised. And my dad said, oh no, Brian, oh no, don't do that. We made so many mistakes. And of course I said to him as the all-knowing young buck that I was at the time, oh, be quiet, dad. That's just the grandfather talking in you. (laughs) But now that I'm at this side of it, there certainly is something to be said where when you look back, sometimes if you're not careful, all you see are the mistakes that you've made and not the positive influence that you've had. So my goal in this is certainly not to dwell on the mistakes that I've made, but also to be open and transparent about those mistakes. And hopefully you'll be able to avoid making the mistakes that I've made along the way. Now, one of the things that we kind of joke about in our day and age is that men don't like to read instruction manuals, right? When we buy something that has a manual, usually we throw the manual in the corner and we just try to figure it out. (laughs) Let me tell you something, folks, though. If Brian J had been born clutching an instruction manual, 
I would have pried that out of his fingers and I would have read it cover to cover, uh, backwards, forwards, upside down. It would be dog-eared, highlighted, underlined with notes in the margin. But as we all know, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I don't know, uh, kids don't come with an instruction manual. There is not a, if this happens, do this type of a thing. It just doesn't exist. So we're all trying to do our best. And so hopefully this series will be helpful to you if you are raising children or if you have grandchildren. Um, This will help you along the way. And hopefully, as I said, it will help you be successful in the areas where I've had success and it will help you avoid the areas of failure and the areas where I've not been quite as successful as I wish I would have been. But my plan is to have this be a six-part series, and that's always risky because if it's a topic that somebody is not interested in, then they kind of have a tendency to say, well, shut it off. Uh, I'm not coming back for uh, six weeks because I don't really care what Brian has to say about kids. And then the danger is that they never come back. But I did feel like in order for me to really do this topic justice, um, I needed to handle it in a multi-series type approach or else it would just be a really, really long episode. Um, And so this week is going to be kind of an introduction to the topic. And then we're going to be doing an episode that I'm entitling Lessons in Life, another one called Lessons in Death and Loss, another one Lessons in Responsibility, Lessons in Value of Hard Work and Food. And then we're actually going to conclude with an interview with Brian Jr. So he's going to be able to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly of living on a homestead, or maybe just living on a homestead with yours truly. So I'm really excited about this. uh, And I hope that, again, that it will be helpful to all of you who are maybe struggling with how to best approach homesteading with your children. I certainly strongly believe that raising kids on a homestead can be a great way for them to grow up. Now, you notice that I said it can be a great way for them to grow up. You see, I think there are many valuable life lessons and life skills that they can receive as a result of growing up on a homestead. But just like I believe that everyone can homestead, but homesteading isn't for everyone, the same thing holds true for kids. Not every kid is wired to embrace the dirt and the poop and the vegetables, and the animals, and the work that goes along with homesteading. I think it's very, very important that we recognize that every child is different. Now, while I only have one child, I did grow up in a family of three boys, and we are all very, very different. But beyond that, I was a teacher and a youth pastor And I've been a Sunday school teacher, and I've been a youth sports coach, and I've been a scoutmaster. All of that to say that I have interacted a lot with many, many different children and young people. And I know enough to know (laughs) that every child 
is unique. And so I think there's a fine line between teaching kids responsibility and and life lessons and pushing them into areas that might make them resentful or even traumatized. So I think we need to be very, very careful that we are sensitive to the needs of our children, their wants, their desires, and their interests. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion, (laughs) but sometimes that means that our desires for the homestead, I don't know if I want to use a term will suffer, but maybe need to take a bit of a back seat so that we can encourage areas of growth in our children outside of the homestead. You see, I strongly believe that kids need activities off of the homestead. Now, many, many homesteaders homeschool, and that's great. Uh, I actually personally have been through every facet of education. I started out in public school, then I was homeschooled for several years, and then I finished up at a private Christian boarding school, and then I went on to teach for six years in a private Christian school. So I have seen good examples of every one of those things, and I have seen some really, really bad examples of every one of those things. But one of the things that I do know is that there is a reason why, and again, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble with some people, but there is a reason why homeschooling kids have a reputation of lacking social skills and graces. If you are someone who is a homesteader and you homeschool, I challenge you to get your kids off of the homestead in order to interact with others. They need that for their development. Now, the last several weeks, I've heard several different um, interviews of people on various podcasts. And the interviews were kind of centered around people who had left suburbia with the idea of moving to the country to homestead. And I think in every one of the interviews that I heard, something along the lines of this was said. We were tired of the rat race. We were tired of carting our kids around all of these activities. And so we moved to the country for a different pace of life. Now, folks, a lot of this really simply boils down to life choices. But if you have a kid who likes to play baseball, Moving to the country just simply means you have to travel farther for your kid to play baseball. If your kid likes drama or music or art, moving to the country means that you've got to drive farther for them to do those things. If they're into scouts or if they're into 4-H, it just means that you've got to cart them farther to do those things. And folks, please do not use homesteading as a reason to keep your kids from being involved in those things. Those things are crucial to your child's development. If your child is interested in music or the arts or drama, or they're interested in baseball, or they're interested in 4-H, or they're interested in scouts, don't keep them from those things just because you want a homestead. Homesteading is great. But don't stunt 
your child's development in those areas. I think if you do, that's a surefire way to make your kids resent the homesteading lifestyle. Now, my son no longer plays sports, but when he did, we did limit his involvement to one sport per season. We limited him to one club per season. And what I meant by that is he wasn't involved in both Cub Scouts and 4-H. It was Cub Scouts or 4-H. And I also understand that having multiple kids in multiple activities makes life way more complicated than even what we felt having one child involved in those activities. So certainly there's going to be some give and take, but foster those areas of interest and curiosity in the arts and music and even sports as much as you possibly can. One of the things, though, that we found is that my son's involvement in those activities means that sometimes things don't get done on the homestead or things are very limited on the homestead. I'm certainly not saying that we have gotten everything right every time. We certainly haven't. But as much as we possibly can, we have tried to encourage our sons activities and interests in areas outside of homesteading. And so I strongly believe that homesteading can be a great way of life to teach life lessons to our kids, but it shouldn't be the only life lessons they are taught. If you try to force that, you'll most likely end up teaching them lessons in resentment. And if you're not careful, not only will they resent the lifestyle, they'll resent you. And homesteading isn't worth it. All right, folks, those are my initial thoughts on raising kids on a homestead. If you disagree with me, Brian at the homesteadjourney.net is my email address. If you agree with me, Brian at the homesteadjourney.net is still my email address. I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can also reach out to me on our social media accounts. Folks, this is just one man's opinion. Take it for what it is. But I'm looking forward to jumping into a few more aspects of raising kids on a homestead. And so until next time, keep up the good work.